Hi! And Jose's not into it. He's like, mm, not a fan. Oh, boy. Not a fan. That's what I was worried about. Where are you going, buddy? What's up, Hoser? He's lost weight, though. Yeah, but he's kind of... He'll... He really has. He, dude, he had a big fucking belly. Yeah, he had, like, a jiggly belly. No, he doesn't have it anymore. He's still a big cat. Huh? Yeah. He's a very American cat. Listen, he's all muscle. You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week... I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Fairly robotic. Sorry. Sorry that I'm a pro. Sorry that I walk on set and I know my mark and lines right away. (sighs) Okay. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. People say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors on Patreon. I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, thanks also to everyone who has sent in their um, addresses, because that doesn't happen very often. Um, so stuff's going out. Uh, I just finalized all the paperwork, so the new merch guy is sending out stuff. New merch guy. 1895! All George Sauter was born... I probably should have checked the name. It could be Soder. Whatever. Gives a shit. Yeah. George Soder was born Soder. S O D D E R. How would you pronounce that? I would say Soder. Soder? I'd say Soder. George Soder. Soder. George Soder was born in Sardinia, Italy. Okay. Where they make sardines. Right. <laughs> wow. That's where the Thank Sardine God for that. factory is. Ugh. He immigrated to America in 1809. Have you ever shared a space with someone who eats of sardines our Lord? casually? What, what does that mean? Like have you ever like had to, I've had to work with people at times who enjoy sardines. And like they're just sardines. snacking on sardines. They will snack on sardines. Like out of a can. Out of a can. Out of a can. And so they just crank open a can and start crank open a can and eat fish bones. Tiny fish. Like they're Fritos. Yeah. Yeah. No, those people shouldn't be allowed. I agree. I agree with you. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. That was good. A sardollop. Uh. George immigrated to America in 1908 at the age of 13. Okay. Like many kids coming to the U.S. at that time, he was on his own. Okay. Just a fucking 13-year-old out. So weird. Getting ready to go. Must be fun. In Pennsylvania, he worked on railroads, bringing supplies to the workers. Yeah, see? Not fun. There I am being wrong right away. Uh, He moved uh, a few years later to West Virginia, where he got a job as a driver. Okay. Soon he started his own trucking company, hauling dirt, then freight and coal. Then he met Jeannie Capriani. All right. Who had come to America from Italy when she was three. The two uh, fell alone. Love. Yeah, alone. Mama. Get to work. <laughs> I like <cook-a-boo. laughs> Uh So they fall in love. They get married. Okay. They have sex. Whoa. That's presumptuous. Uh, it was a good marriage. And when I said they had sex, I really mean that because they had 10 kids. Oh, so there were some solder daughters. There was a lot of soldering going. A lot of soldering daughters. Uh, so they had one every other year from 1923 to 1943. Just Oof. fucking banging them out, banging them out. Oof. Regimented, too. 
They bought a home in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Well, they had to buy something. Well, they had they to, were breeding yeah. like rats. It was either that or dig a giant hole. <laughs> sure. How you guys liking the hole? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so Fayetteville is mostly an Italian immigrant town in the Appalachians. Okay. Right. So it's for whatever reason at times you're like, let's go to West Virginia. Sure. This place. Right. A local lawman said the Sutters were, quote, one of the most respected middle-class families around. Okay. Nothing to see here, folks. Right. Regular but, story about a bunch of Italians moving to the mountains. George had opinions. He's a very okay. opinionated man. Okay. Pretty much about everything, whether it was business or politics or the wind. The only thing. Or the wind? Yep. Okay. The only thing he would not talk about was his childhood in Italy. Well, that explains the wind arguing. Right. Probably had a pretty dark past. He never told anyone why he had left Italy alone at 13. I assume he pulled off a hit. Okay. We never find out in this. Nope. We don't know what happened in his childhood. Nope. Okay. I think it was a hit too, Dave. Yep. Buddies. In 1945, a stranger came around the house and asked if they needed anyone to haul anything away. Just a guy looking for work. Sure. At one point, he went around the back of the house. And looked at two fuse boxes and said, this is going to cause a fire someday. Interesting point. George thought it was a weird comment. Okay. Especially because he just had the local power company come out and check all the wiring. And they gave it a good report. <sighs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just a few days later, a life insurance salesman came to the door. Okay. Well, that, mm, not, not into the uh, chronology of this. George told him he was not interested in uh, life insurance. And the salesman became enraged, yelling, What do you mean you don't want life insurance? Your goddamn house is going to go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. You're going to be paid for the dirty remarks you've been making about Mussolini. Well, what the fuck? Mussolini? What did he? He's... George is just walking around it's, you know, chatting it's, up Mussolini. This is Mussolini time. This is the, this, so he's this, a, but he's, and he's pro-Mussolini. Yeah, this, this salesman clearly is pro-Mussolini, and George has been talking shit about Mussolini. Oh, okay. And it's oh, an so Italian this is like time. an Italian guy. This is an Italian, Italian life insurance guy, yeah. and he's upset that George has been talking smack on Mussolini. Yeah. Okay. And he says your house is going to be destroyed. Right. And your children. Right. Classic salesman. Yeah, that's how you close. <laughs> That's uh, that's a the pouring of, dirt on the carpet of the 1940s. A lot of life insurance guys will just threaten your family's yeah. life. Well, would you? Uh, we have two packages available. Or would you like me to burn your son in front of you? I'm, well, I, I'm sorry. We have two great uh, packages available uh-huh. today, or I could just burn your sons on your in your uh, floor. What? No, I don't. I, they will be burned. Okay, I don't want package any, A. Or I don't package want anything. B. I'm going to burn all your babies. Can I'll, you move? Can you I'll, move no, your I'll, car? Mine. I'll, is, yeah, I'll, I'm parked in. I'll take the uh, first policy. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. And by the way, I am. I would never burn your babies. Okay. <laughs> Sign here. Okay. And here. Okay. And burn your baby. What? The uh, last page too. All right. So obviously, that's a weird tactic if you're an insurance salesman, right? Yeah, we agree. But George uh, was known for being loud about his opinions of Mussolini. Okay. And pretty much everyone in the town knew how he felt about Mussolini. So everyone in the town is pro-Mussolini. Well, this they're is, all this Italians. Is when, right. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people in the town are pro. Right. 
he very much did not uh, like the dictator. He would often get into intense arguments with other members of the town's Italian community. But George didn't take the threats or comments from the two guys who came by his house very seriously. He just thought they were a couple of loons. Right. And then just before... Mussolini's. Mussolini's. Well done. And then just before Christmas, a couple of older solder boys saw a man parked in his car along the local highway, staring very focused at the younger children in the family as they walked home from school. Never good. On Christmas Eve, the family opened some of their gifts and everyone went to bed. Oh, no. Wait, on Christmas Eve? Yeah. The hell are they opening their presents? Well, they didn't open them all. They opened some. A lot of people open presents on Christmas Eve. A couple. Yeah, that's what they Just to be fun. They opened up a couple. To have fun. And then the kids go to bed early and then they do the rest of the stuff. What do the parents do? They fuck. I thought so. Uh, And then the phone rang. It was 1230 in the morning. Jeannie got out of bed and answered it, but it was a wrong number. It's Santa. Hey, uh, not going to be able to make it by later. Listen, uh, I'm in some deep shit here in Prim, Prim, Nevada. These guys are going to take my thumbs. <laughs> I've offered all the gifts. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know, but it would be great. It would yeah. be great if that's... <laughs> okay, so answers it. It's clearly a wrong number. A woman was asking for someone who did not live there. Jeannie said she could hear lots of laughter and glasses clinking in the background, and then she hung up the phone on the person. Okay. So Jeannie goes back to bed. Right before she uh, saw lights, that all the lights are on downstairs, and, and the curtains are open, and the front door is unlocked. Okay. And her... Uh, this, this has Santa written all over it, by the way. <laughs> One daughter, Marion, uh, was sleeping on the couch. So Jeannie went and turned off all the lights and closed the curtains and locked the door and went back to bed. I have a feeling that door is going to get opened again. Then, just as she started to fall asleep, she heard a loud bang on the roof followed by a rolling noise. Dude, are you fucking... So something hit and it went... Rolled down the roof. It is Santa. (laughs) Is he hurt? (laughs) Then she went to sleep. And... A half hour later, she wakes up, but this time from the smell of smoke. And she went into the office and saw the fuse box was on fire. So she ran and woke up George. And George went into the office, but the fire had now engulfed the entire room. Jeannie grabbed their two-year-old daughter, Sylvia, who was sleeping in their room, and then woke Marion and told her to take Sylvia outside. Marion ran out. George ran and woke up. 23-year-old John and 16-year-old George Jr., and they ran out of the house. Uh, the older boy's hair was actually singed, singed from the fire as they ran out. Good. Which is a cool look. Cool look, always. Michael Jackson pulled it off. Uh, now all those people were on the bottom floor of the house. Okay. Top floor. Where's where the five other children were. Yeah, that's... Uh, what? T- well, it's like t- wrangling 10 kids during a fire. Oh, it's easy. Uh, I don't know. It's like You know what? You've never done it. I, oh, well, not 10. Um, so Jeannie ran to the staircase, but it was already engulfed in flames. She yelled up to the kids. Outside, they all yelled up to the kids, but there was no response. Eesh. George broke a window. He sliced a large cut in his arm, so he's bleeding. He's peering in. He couldn't see anything through the smoke, and the fire was now throughout the entire downstairs. He uh, knew... Uh, 
that Maurice, Martha, Louis, Louis, Jenny, and Betty were up there, probably crouched in a bedroom somewhere, hiding, trapped because the staircase is on fire. So George ran around to the side of the house where they always kept a ladder propped against the house. Well, that's convenient. It was not there. Uh Uh-huh. Then he thought he could drive one of his trucks to the side of the house and climb onto the top and get into the upstairs window. Uh Uh-huh. So he ran to his trucks. Neither one of them would start. But they had both been checked the day before and were perfectly functioning. Dave, I think there's foul play here. What are you talking about? I don't know. There's no ladder. I don't know what you're talking about. Both the trucks don't work. The door being opened. Marion. Santa sounds like an asshole. This is the fucking point. Santa is a fucking dick. He's a real jerk. So Marion ran to a neighbor's house to call the fire department, but the operator would not pick up. What? (laughs) Another neighbor was drinking at a tavern and looked out and saw the flames. And then he tried to call, but also the operator would not pick up. The man then jumped in his car and drove to the Fayette, to Fayetteville where he found the fire chief. The fire chief then sent out the alarm. Now, I guess fire alarms back then were pretty different. The way you put out the word was it was known as a phone tree system. Um, a phone tree system? Uh-huh. So one firefighter would call another who would call another who would call another and so on and so forth. So literally playing telephone? Yes. Okay. Seems probably. I heard there's a tire down at the out in the forest. All right, let me call Barry. Hey, Barry, it's me. You're not gonna believe this. There's a cat. It's a Cheshire. It's down near the old wood area. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, I'm gonna go back to sleep then. All right, listen, I gotta call more people. Hey, Ted, I got crazy news. What's that? There is a new squire what? in town. He's signing autographs Where? near the wood chipper. Let's go put him out. Okay, hold on. I got to call a couple more people. Okay. Hey, Andy. Yeah. I got amazing news. What? Well, you're not going to believe this. Yeah? There's a dead umpire. <laughs> what? Yeah. Let's go get him. He's made of wood. Okay, hold on. Let me make one more call. Okay. Hey, Lou. Yeah? Got some crazy news. We're going to need your help on this one. What? What's going on? Well, I'm afraid to tell you Uh that we have to go and help some people Uh because of a... Right? Oh, get ready for it. This is big. This is big. Uh This is big. Is it a rhyming crisis? Yes, in in sorts. Uh But everybody's worried because there's a big... Uh A big... Yeah? I... Liar. Oh, this guy's lying. You, it's this you, guy's lying. It? It's me. It's, it's me. You. Come put me out. Okay. <laughs> Look, improv is hard. Sometimes. <laughs> all right, so one guy's calling another. One guy's calling another. Until they're all notified. The Fayetteville Fire Department was two and a half miles away. They got to the solder house at 8 a.m. Perfect. Right on time. Just seven hours. So, later. where's the fire? Did you guys put it out? The fire had consumed the house in just 45 minutes. Right. Well, the thing that – fire moves quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So they were a little bit late. Obviously, at that point, George and Jeannie considered their five children dead. Right. Fair. They were completely inconsolable, though when they looked through the remains of the smoldering house, they could not find any sign of their bodies. The chief – 
said it was probably so hot that the bodies were completely cremated. It's a little silver lining for you. Mm-hmm. So the next you day, you can just kind of pick which area you want to spread. Right. Thank Easy. You. Yeah. So the next day, the state uh, Centennial newspaper in Fayetteville reported, "quote The entire structure with the burned bodies of the victims was a heap of rubbish in the basement. Tin roofing and other materials were removed, and part of one body was found." Okay. A West Virginia that didn't happen. Oh wait! So, oh, obviously didn't. So there was no body. They did not find a right, body. Okay. But the newspaper reported. It. Oh, okay. So they were the newspaper was just lying. Yep. Alrighty. The uh, a West Virginia police inspector went through the burnt home remains and declared the fire uh, was because of bad wiring. Uh huh. Okay. The coroner's office issued five death certificates, but there was no body found. And Jeannie was having a hard time understanding how the kids could have died but not left bones or anything Jeez. else. I mean, something. Anything. Uh, there were parts of appliances left, so why not parts of the children? Yeah. That's, that's a weird thing to say. but Sure, but I think we've all thought that at some point. Thank you. There's parts of the appliances. Why not parts of children? Well, yeah. I've asked that at Sears before. Uh, I've been thrown out of Sears for asking that before. Uh, well, yeah, I would, I would throw I, you If out I remember too. correctly, I was naked. But yeah, I've said it. I don't think you should go to Sears. I'm not allowed to. I yeah. can't. I don't even have the option. Yeah, well, that's actually fair. Yeah, so not even a choice anymore. <laughs> uh, I'd love to go. I don't know if that's funny. Okay, sure. Yeah, right. Um, so Jeannie started doing her own experiments. Uh-huh. She burned animal bones. Okay. Uh, first chicken bones and then beef joints and pork chop bones. Beef joints, huh? I love smoking beef joints. What's happening right now? How, oh, how do you, who, no one smoke? Oh, yeah, get out of that suitcase. Fucking Jose. Yeah, look at no him. cats in suitcase. God, it'd be so weird if we got to oh, Australia my, can you and imagine? Jose pops out. Hello! What would happen? All right, well, it's crazy, but Jose's with us tonight. Yeah, but we'd also be Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah, no, it'd be terrible. Well, not to mention, I mean, you know. He's he's already immigrated here. How many? We, we got to be careful. So, she's burning all these different bones, and every time there are always bones left after the fires. So Jeannie spoke to someone who worked at a crematorium, who told her that bones will be left after bodies are in a fire for two hours at two thousand degrees. And the solder home was burned in forty five minutes. Yeah. People asked the fire chief why he had not just driven out to the fire the moment he heard. Well, come on now. There's a reasonable explanation for that. He said he did not know how to drive the fire truck. Exactly. The chief didn't know how to drive the fire truck. Move on, conspiracy theorists. <laughs> he didn't know how to drive it, okay? So he's waiting for someone who could drive it. Obviously. And that took seven hours. Uh, of course it did. You know how much you need to sleep if he's, you're doing that work? Yeah, when you think about it, it all makes sense. If you, and if you don't think about it, that's better. Right. Thank well, you. Well, not... Hmm? Uh, mm-hmm. Rumors started that the chief had found another body in the ashes, one that was not a family member. What? What is happening? That's, that's exactly the right question. What is happening? A telephone repairman came by and told George... Hey, you guys need um, any phone work? <laughs> oh, whoa! What happened? You know, I could put a phone right over there on those uh, ashes, the well, pile of ashes there. I got bad. I got worse news for you guys. I'm going to have to run a whole new line. Yeah, this one's fucked up. So this one doesn't see, look good at all. This one's just boined. 
Okay. I think I found some dog bones. Look, if my boss calls, if you could give me a really good, you know, give, give my, like a 10. No, like a I'm 10. not giving you a 10. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, but here I am helping out. I'm trying to put uh, a phone in your in your. Five pile. of my children may or may not be dead. Well, have you tried calling them? I don't have a... That's this is what I'm talking about. I'll give you a seven. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, a phone man comes by, and uh, he tells them that the phone lines have not been burned. They've been cut. All right. Dave, I- I'm going to go on record. I think there's something uh, suspicious about this. Well, you jumped to a lot of conclusions. Thank you. George also wondered how the power had been on downstairs just before the fire broke out if the, f- if the wiring was faulty. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, that one's a little... Right, because like, it would seem like my head faulty, you know, you could yeah. have spark, you know, whatever. Uh, then Sylvia found a hard rubber object near the house. George looked at it and said that it was a napalm pineapple bomb that were used in warfare. What? Is Mussolini behind this? That's a really good question. A woman came forward and said she'd seen the dead solder children looking out of a car as it passed by the burning home. Well, lady, hi. Thanks for swinging by. Uh, valuable information we could have had. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Sorry it took so long. It I was just, I had to make so many pies because yeah. obviously it's Christmas and I was yeah. making a lot of pies. But your children were not burned in the fire. They were kidnapped. Now, can I ask you a question? Do you guys want a Razzleberry pie? I was going to say what kind of pies. What kind of pies do you guys want? Um, another woman 50 miles away said she saw the kids the day after the fire. Quote, I served them breakfast. There was a car with Florida license plate at the tourist court, too. Cool. All right. Well. A third woman also said she had seen the kids, this time in Charleston at a hotel. Quote, the children were accompanied by two women and two men, all of Italian extraction. I do not remember the exact date. However, the entire party did register at the hotel and stayed in a large room with several beds. They registered about midnight. I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the man appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to the children. One of the men looked at me, very hostile, and he turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. I sensed that I was being frozen out, and I said nothing more. They left early the next morning. Sounds like someone got their feelings hurt a little bit. Right. Just like a little personally. You know what? Just, I mean, the real victim is me. Thank I you. was made to feel like I wasn't a part of a kidnapping I felt awkward. <laughs> a year and a half later. Jeez. The Sodders reached out to the FBI for help. Okay. J. Edgar Hoover wrote back telling them that it seemed like a local matter. So the Bureau couldn't help. But the FBI did say if the locals gave them permission, they would look into it. Okay. And Let me guess. Fayette, Fayetteville cops and the fire department told the FBI, nope, they yep. were good. Right. Thank you. So. Thanks. The Sodders hired a private investigator. Good. He learned the crazy insurance salesman had also been a member of the coroner's jury that had declared the fire an accident. Wow. What? This is like the game. (laughs) A minister then told the investigator that the fire chief 
had actually found a heart in the ashes, which he put in a dynamite box and buried at the house. What? Okay. <laughs> I've never seen you give up before. Well, I just don't even know where to start. I mean, he threw a heart. He buried a heart in a dynamite box. Who wouldn't? Think of that out of context for a minute. Mm, I'd rather not. Pretty bananas. The years passed, and sightings and tips kept trickling in. One day, George saw a picture of some kids in a New York newspaper, and was convinced one of the kids was his daughter Betty. He hopped in his truck and he drove to Manhattan. Okay. Her parents wouldn't let George near her. Okay. That's a my daughter. Okay. I know that's a my Betty. <laughs> that, that's why. That's a my Betty. I want my girl. Excuse sir. me, miss. Uh, I, I hate to interrupt you, but uh, your daughter? Uh-huh. She's a mine. What? She's a my daughter. Please go away. I had a Mussolini. <laughs> Give me my baby. A dog burns at 180 degrees. Give me my daughter. <laughs> Can't you go? I, I will if I take up my baby. By the way, uh, there's a four or more where that came from. <laughs> Uh, in 1949, Sutter's paid a pathologist to come in from Washington, D.C., who excavated the property and found some pieces of vertebrae. Good. Good. They were... You sent- guys got spine yard. Okay. That'll be $100. <laughs> they were, the pieces were sent to the Smithsonian, which checked them out and sent back a report. Oh, boy. From the report. The human bones consist of four lumbar vertebrae belonging to one individual. Since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death should have been around 16 or 17. The top limit of age should be about 22, since the centra, which is normally fused at 23, are still unfused. On this basis, the bones show greater skeletal maturation than one would expect for a 14-year-old boy, which was the oldest missing child. Mm-hmm. It is, however, possible, although not probable, for a boy of 14 and a half years to show 16 to 17-year-old maturation. I got the spine of a 16-year-old. <laughs> Things are pretty good. She's pretty sweet back there. Don't worry. The vertebrae also had not uh, been in a fire. Okay. The report went on to say... It is very strange that no other bones were found in the allegedly careful ex- evacuation of the excavation of the basement of the house. The report also stated that since <clears throat> the fire was only 45 minutes long, there should be bones and the skulls of the children. Yeah. After the kids died, George had brought in dirt and put it in the basement because he wanted to build a memorial there. Okay. The report concluded that the bones had been trucked in in that load of dirt. So he... <laughs> he bought dirt and they boned he, the he dirt? He went and got dirt somewhere. No, he went and got dirt somewhere, but he, he somehow, when he was getting the dirt, he, he got it from a place where there was a body buried. Wait, he coincidentally bought body dirt and then <laughs> put it to make a memorial only further confusing? Yeah, that's kind of what happened. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can't dig anywhere in West Virginia. Where yeah, honestly, bodies. That's why it's called the the dead body. Excuse state. me, I'm not paying for a spine. 
Oh, uh, sorry about that. Oh, you know what? The 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 dirt the no the no spine dirt's over there. But you were that's why this is cheaper here because it's full I, of spines. I don't, I don't want spine in my dirt. Well, that the sign says the spine dirt. Well, and I didn't realize there were signs over there. The sign says not spine dirt. I want not spine. And then that has skull dirt over Excuse there. Excuse me. There's kidney dirt. Pardon. There's feet dirt. Not gonna lie, I'm interested in the feet dirt. Okay, okay, the people feet. Not gonna lie, I'm still interested. All right. So I like I like what I hear. Two bucks a pound. I like everything about this. Let's do this business. That's I assume that's how it went. I think so. Uh, So. okay, so that's how that's how the bones got there. The report caused more people to wonder about the Sutter children. It was now becoming a national story. This led to two state hearings being held in Charleston. In the end, the governor and state police superintendent said the search for the Sutter children was, quote, hopeless and declared the case closed. Perfect. But George and Jeannie certainly weren't done. Let it go. Right? Come you on. got five other kids or four or whatever. Whatever yeah. number. I mean, you had whatever. ten. Four in a spine. How many can you miss? Be happy. So they put up a billboard along Route 16 offering a $5,000 reward and it had pictures of the kids on it. Wow. They also passed out flyers. Then they upped the reward to $10,000. Okay. A letter came. It was from a woman in St. Louis who said Martha, the oldest daughter, was in a convent. Oh, shit. In 1967, a woman in Houston said that she overheard two men in a bar talking about the fire. One said he was really one of the sons, and his name was Lewis. George drove straight to Texas, but the woman who wrote the letter would not speak to him. Cool. I only send letters. I don't talk to faces! Yeah. Uh, so George, and he was with another son, they went to uh, the local law enforcement who told them a little bit about the men, the two men that had been talking, and they perfectly fit the description of the solder kids. Okay. I remember, this is almost 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. So they found the two men. They were the right age, and they looked like the boys. And they were very friendly, but said, quote, I wish I could help you, but you have the wrong people. We were raised by other families right down there, in that house there. So the guys denied that's who they were. Okay. Another person in Florida said the kids were actually at a relative of Jeannie's house. With each tip that came in, George would get in his car and drive to investigate. No tips ever produced results. 20 years later, in 1868, an envelope addressed to Jeannie came to the house. In what year? 1968. Okay, right. It was the letter was from Kentucky. I was starting to picture Back to the Future three for a second. Right. This okay. uh, this is uh, that's where where this ends. Okay, because that's where I'm getting most of my visuals from like, that I'm playing yeah. with over here. It was uh, the letter was from Kentucky, but it did not have a return address. Inside was a photo of his man in his mid twenties. On the back was written Louis Sauter. I love brother Frankie, little boys. A nine o one three two. Wait, what? I, I don't know what that means. That's not that's good. What was written on the back? Okay. The boy did look like Lewis. He had been nine when the fire consumed the home, so he would be 32 now. Uh, the man had dark curly hair, dark brown eyes, the same nose, and the same upward tilt of the left eyebrow. So they hired another private investigator and sent him to Kentucky. Okay. 
That was the last time they heard from the investigator. Whoa, what? They- what? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out there, David. They did not want to publish the letter, right? Or uh, let people know the name of the town the letter was from because they worried that someone would then harm Lewis or something would happen to Lewis. Okay. But they did replace his image on the billboard with the new picture. How do you hire a private investigator to look for a private investigator? That's a good question. I mean, that second private investigator, all right, who's the guy you're looking for? If you, once you start going down a private investigator wormhole, it just gets yeah. really... How you doing? Uh, we're looking to hire... So... Okay. Uh, I'm going to get warts and all out there real quick uh-huh. for you before I yeah, sell you ahead. on the gig. So this has been going on for a while. Um, three years yeah. ago, we hired a private investigator uh-huh. to try to locate my son. Um, we yep. don't know if he came up with anything because uh-huh. he vanished. Oh. Yeah. Crazy, right? So what like we did was— the, Like in the thin air, like poof, like in front of people? We just never heard from him again. Oh, uh, okay. So and again, not- there's a lot of shady stuff. At long story short, I think five of my kids are either dead or on the lam. Oh. Anyway, oh. he vanishes. Uh-huh. We hire another guy right away. Great guy. Probably yeah. one of the better guys we work for. He yeah. went to look for him. Yeah. N- gone. Never heard from him that- again. So uh, we hired another guy to try to go find those two guys. Also right. private investigator. Great three. private investigator. Great guy. Yeah. There's two out there right now. Not three. We're not, we're not saying three are missing. Oh, we hired a third one. We hired a third. He's right. also missing. So there oh, is a third okay, missing. I should be three. clear. But there are th- what, so, no. Um, there's, now there's let me, three let missing. Me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Uh, then we hired two guys because we figured at this point we're looking for three guys. Uh-huh. We hired two guys. This great team of guys. Yeah. They say they're going to go down there. This is this is a Kentucky. Like Simon and Simon. It's like exactly like Simon and Simon. So uh-huh. they're going to go down there. They're going to find these guys. Yeah. Uh, we know that they're dead. Those two are dead. What? Uh, we have full confirmation that those two are actually dead. So, oh, good right. news. We still have three missing. We don't have five missing because two I, are dead. I got to be honest. Can I? Okay. Let's just say we're, at, we're looking for 16 private investigators okay. and five children. Okay. Now. Well, actually, I, I, you, I stopped listening when you said my five children are dead, which is like right away. So yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I feel uh, very cold and weird. That's where we need you. Okay. You're going to be perfect for this. Okay. And we want you to wear a recording device because we think these guys might be getting sucked into right. some sort of wormhole. Okay. I'm just going to blow my brains out. Is that a thing I can do? I would like that. Yes. Thank okay. you very much. Goodbye. Yay. So they yeah they still have the billboard up twenty years later. Good. So they replaced the picture of new pic. Lewis with the n- new pic. It's kind of just like they, IMDb headshots. Uh, yeah, it's exactly like that. Uh, George and Jeannie also hung the new picture of Lewis in their living room. Quote from George: "Time is running out for us, but we only want to know if they did die in the fire. We want to be convinced. Otherwise, we want to know what happened to them." George died the next year. Ugh. Jeannie built a fence around their yard. She had only worn black since the day her kids vanished 20 years before. She kept wearing black until she died in 1989. Then the billboard was finally taken down. Okay. The kids and their grandchildren did not stop the hunt. The family came up with wilder and wilder stories, one being that the mob had kidnapped the kids because George refused to work with the mob. (laughs) This is upside downtown. Today, Sylvia... Uh, who was two, is still alive. Her name is now Sylvia Paxton. She's 73 and tries to stay out uh, of the limelight. She does not think her brothers and sisters died in the fire and spends what, spends what free time she has available trying to investigate and solve the disappearance of her family. The vertebrae that were sent to the Smithsonian and then sent back to George are gone. No one knows what George did with them. 
Because they could get those checked for DNA. Right, and then link it to like a po- – I mean, yeah, figure out something. Yeah. Get a lead. That's what they call it, right? Get yeah. a lead? Sure. Sylvia still speaks about her siblings in the present tense. But in all probability, mm-hmm. the kids probably died in the fire. They did? Yeah. What, what else would happen? But where are the bones? But you – it doesn't – just because Jeannie went and talked to a guy who works in a crematorium who said that, that doesn't mean that that's actually – But you would. You'd find teeth. Not necessarily. Oh, come on. You'd find teeth. You don't know that. You'd find a handful of teeth. <laughs> a couple molars here or there, something. I want you. A canine. Now I, now I want you to be a, a, a fire investigator. Oh, God. Going afterwards me. and be like, what are you doing? I'm looking for a pile of teeth. What do you think? I'm looking for a pile of teeth. Next week on Pile of Teeth. <laughs> You're watching Pile of Teeth on NBC. What are you doing? I'm again. Searching through this rubble and ash for a pile of teeth. I'm Teethman. Teethman, Mondays on Te- NBC. Teethman. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? I'm looking for a pile of teeth. And then, like, in the corner, it's hashtag Teethman. On the Check next. To us. On the next Teethman. Oh. What do you mean he ain't got no teeth? I told you, there's no teeth. Why am I here? I don't know. Hey, what's that in the corner? That's the coroner. That's a pile of teeth. Next to the corner in the corner. Teethman. <laughs> that one got weird. On the next Teethman. I love you, Teethman. Get away from me, you whore. Oh. Teethman. <laughs> These are the worst episodes of a TV show. <laughs> Not ever. good. It's a terrible TV Teethman, show. Teethman, I got you a puppy. I don't want no puppy. Teethman. He's <laughs> just the worst. It's only teeth he's interested in. Surprise! Hey, Teethman, we found out it was your birthday. Oh, Christ. On the next Teethman. I told you I only want teeth. I like Teethman. I like Teethman a lot. Got a little better. All right, right, well. So it's great. That's called the Solder Children Mystery. Well, I get the mystery part. Um, I don't have the closure, but I'm going to just pretend that they started a band. Maybe the killers will write in and tell us what they did. Oh, thank you. Killers, if you're listening... Yeah. Um, and I know that you've been doing this... For, but for closure, if we could find out what happened and where the spine is... We just need to know about the spine. Yeah. We can get you the first season of Teethman on DVD if that entices you. spider All right. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We signed Cars. Thank you. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.